How's it going, everyone? Welcome to another episode of Soapstone. My name is Jake, and I'm joined by my co-host, as always, Dave. How's it going tonight, Dave? It's going okay. Uh, nothing nothing too notable on a Thursday today. How about you? Uh, it's going pretty well myself. Pretty, 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 pretty good for myself. I did have one. I don't usually like to talk about work things, but I talk about meta work things. I had one work meeting that went for two hours. In fact, over two hours with technical difficulties. Um, and that is a little bit long. I would say ideal, and others on the call acknowledged it. They're all like, this is probably too long. <laughs> Was it all like a single point of conversation, or did it kind of just like bleed into other stuff? Uh, we covered a lot of stuff. Yeah, there was, there was a lot of stuff coming up for planning and what the crap, but... Um, if it's a productive yeah. two hours, it feels better, but still, like, blocking out that much of a chunk of time of, like, you're going to be socializing, interacting with people, or just sitting mm-hmm. quietly, have fun, and you're like, ah, I don't want to be here. Mm-hmm. Like, I like nice little, hey, can we hop on a quick call? You talk about a thing, and then you're done. Yeah. it's Nice five tenor. Those are nice. Those are nice. Sometimes you have to catch up and talk through a lot of stuff, and I think this fell into the latter column, but I prefer... Uh, shorter meetings also people are much more engaged if it's just like hey we're all here for a purpose here's the thing we're going to talk about and then we're going to leave <laughs> right yeah. like uh and people will stay more engaged if they know that it's not a marathon and it's a sprint <laughs> it's just like we're going to cover our content and get whatever outcomes we need but that's yeah uh, i really i feel like my max for a call is probably like an hour maybe an hour mm-hmm. five hour ten Depending on what we're talking about in a given episode. But, uh. An mm-hmm. <laughs> hour 10, which is for one topic. I don't know if we have that many things where we talk. I guess we had a couple focus topics about a specific game or something, but. It's usually a Souls like that gets a little more uh, rambling and attention to detail. Yeah. Or Elden. Well, obviously, Elden Ring is a Souls like, but specifically that example because. I think we had at least two episodes on it. And I was like, you we good did. for three? And you're like, do we really need to just do something else? Uh, but I mean, we could at this point probably go back and just copy Vati Vidya's uh, lore stuff for like, oh, did you guys know mm-hmm. about this? We just but- rip his audio. And what we do is we splice it in to the episode. But uh, we cut it up. So it, like, we'll ask a question that he builds off of. <laughs> His his response in the video. <laughs> that's uh, that's so much editing now. <laughs> it would be it would I like be a the idea of it though. I mean, oh, we would get through a lot less uh, for sure. But do it as a segment. Just yes, be like, like uh, soapstone, soapstone and Vadi. Put it there in the intermission. 
Um, and then we thank him at the end. We send him a Twitter message also thanking him. Or, you know, uh, no, 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 what we do is we post to his most recent YouTube video thanking him for coming onto the podcast and continue oh, yeah, to do that yeah. every time there's a segment until he actually sees it. And he's like, wait a minute. And then at some point, like, there'll be the issue of, like, hey, uh, you're using my likeness without paying me. We're like, we don't make any money. <laughs> yeah. I want you, you to know, know this. <laughs> you're right. You can have 100% royalties on any episode you showed up in. Um, retroactively yeah. go put Vadi in everything. Mm-hmm. But speaking yeah. of uh, ripping audio using AI, okay. uh, did you catch Yumfa's latest video? I have not, no. Okay. What's the, uh, the, I linked on the, Discord. Uh, it's fine. It's fine. That's fine. So, but <laughs> he, what's the high level? <laughs> so he does, for anybody who doesn't know, YMFAH, Yumfa, mm-hmm. uh, does a lot of these challenge runs uh, mm-hmm. where he has to do a specific thing in Dark Souls or Elden Ring. And it's like, how do I do this? And he kind of like walks through. It's like, oh, we hit this roadblock. Oh, but we can do this. So mm-hmm. he's obviously already gone through the whole thing and took a lot of time. And he's showing you like the quick edited version. But this was how to escape from Volcano Manor. So like you go there initially, like super early, and it's like, now what do you do? Like trying to actually get back because you're gated by so many things. Um, yeah. But he did this using uh, Bear Grylls AI voice. So he made oh. it like it's a Bear Grylls episode. Like he's in Volcano Manor. And it's like oh the play-by-play, even with like the, like the little breaks and segments in between, uh, uh-huh. everything he did was just so well edited, and I really appreciated the video. Yeah. It seems we talk about AI a lot recently, but I always have more to say whenever it's brought up. I mean, it's... A- it's I. <laughs> it's basically the thing right now, right? Like, we're both in the tech field, um, and even if we weren't, like, you would really have to be super focused on politics i guess to not know anything about ai at this point <laughs> like that's really the either or you must be neglecting what other people are talking about to not have any idea but there was like um uh today even we were talking on um talking about like how you get ideas for tabletop games and there's like a product online you can buy like a a list of um it's like a bunch of cards that have just really brief descriptions of those like oh just like a quest you could find on a notice board somewhere basically just to give you inspiration right and i was thinking and i was like i'm pretty sure like this is a great product you know support people support artists get physical products that's way better than just using ai for it but i went to like chat gpt and i was like hey for two things um for D &D, um like for the town of neverwinter uh, there's a notice board and there's 10 quests on it. And those quests involve socialization, combat, exploration, and puzzle solving. Um, get, like, what were those 10 quests? And it's just like, here you go. Gave them in like a bulleted list, all of these good prompts. And they're like, they're shallow, but the whole point is to just get you a jump off point, right? And then did the exact same thing for Cyberpunk. I was just like, I'm throwing up my arms. Uh, you guys can't see that. You just hear a chair squeak. Yeah, that's it's something that uh, I wish we kind of had earlier. Like, I know mm-hmm. they have to be talking about it for like, oh, what about for like school projects and stuff? Like, if you have to write a paper, which I don't think anybody really enjoyed, because like, hey, uh, write about this thing, but have it be different from everything else 
everybody else in your class is saying. And it's like, mm-hmm. hey, this is something that makes sense. Like, we were using, like, crib notes for, like, we didn't want to read the whole fucking book. Like, like we did have some technology. Like yeah, we did have some technology in our disposal. Or uh, Wolfram Labs, if you remember from math mm-hmm. stuff. Oh, my um, gosh, Wolfram. But it just seems like a convenient, but obviously not perfect, tool to use in, like, so many different applications. Mm-hmm. But you, I kind of have to wonder, like, if a lot of people are doing the same thing, that it would kind of get homogenized at a point. It does, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, if all 30 kids in the class were like, oh, I need to write a paper on William Shakespeare in this specific play, mm-hmm. like, how does that not generate the same thing unless you give it a very specific prompt? And that's basically the trick. I as a, You're talking about writing a paper. I actually saw a, um, I think it was on Reddit or something, um, a paper that was being graded, uh, and the teacher had, like, crossed out or circled or something like a red pen this is a red pen situation at the top of the paper mm-hmm. like as an ai i am unable to and they actually just left that block in they literally copied the entire response including as an ai which uh glorious but there's that's your tier that's your entry tier for people that are using this right it's going to be like tell me the story of how william shakespeare forded the delaware river and AI will make something up, you know, maybe you'll confuse your teacher for a bit, but um, it has this particular speaking voice that you can modify if you inject some other elements to it, right? Write me this story as Lovecraft would, or, you know, um, something I was doing for, for Cyberpunk is I'll send out these um, weekly... Uh, they're called scream sheets in the universe, but basically it's like a article, right? And so one thing I was doing to try to get some inspiration for that, be like, write this like you were Johnny Silverhand. And it just like injects his kind of tone of voice in this uh, uh, panache into it that is very different than the way it usually writes. But um, yeah, I mean, people are going to get better with it and it's going to get better, right? I would I would hope so. I feel like yeah. <laughs> in the grand scheme of things, technology seems to advance so rapidly. Like if you look from like ten years ago to now, it's like holy fuck. Uh, you can really highlight some differences and see like the major gaps. But it seems like on a day to day basis, maybe because I don't follow it that closely, but it doesn't seem to advance as rapidly. Mm-hmm. Like if you look at the uh, the robots by. My black Boston, Boston Dynamics. Dynamics. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They haven't done anything crazy in a while. <laughs> like, they've had essentially the same uh, two-legged or four-legged walking models. Now, granted, I'm sure that they have improved a lot and changed a lot of things, but mm-hmm. it's not directly visible to me as a an outside consumer. Yeah. I think part of it is also the way it engages, right? Like, that started, and it was like, oh, it can climb up a cube. And now it's like to the point where it's like it can do a backflip and pretty soon it's going to be like it will grab an arrow out of the air if you shoot it at it. Like like these are all just realistically how the types of improvements it's making is it has better like for lack of a better word hand-eye coordination. <laughs> There's the human mm-hmm. term for it, right? Um, it's calibrated better. Uh, but none of that's going to be as immediately as impressive as 
I just asked a chatbot to write me a heartfelt and sorrowful uh, breakup message. And it nailed it, right? Like, mm. <laughs> include all these bad traits about the person I'm breaking up with in the message, right? <laughs> um, it doesn't feel as powerful compared to that because one of those is more tapped into communication, which Boston Dynamics doesn't really do, as far as I know. No, I don't think so. I mean, for general application, it has to be so good at so many things where it can work for stuff like a mm-hmm. paper or something else. But obviously, like if I was going to chat with you, but try and have AI emulate me, not just voice, but like just text, there would probably have to be like a good block of something before you'd be really able to tell. I guess text you know, it's... itself, like there's, I don't really have a tone in text, I would say. You might be like, oh, that's kind of Dave's sense of humor, or it's not, but... If there was a suspicion bar for mm. me as we're recording this podcast, it's going up like slightly, right? It's like the 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 von Kampf or Weitkampf, I can't remember exactly the test to check who, if you're a replicant in the Blade Runner universe. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Dave did mention that like how much time would need to pass before I'd start to suspect that he's an AI. It's like how much time has passed? How much time have we been talking about this? Um. So is it now time for me to have a half hour rant about Westworld again? Are we there? Are we there? (laughs) I mean, I I don't know how far away from Westworld we are, really, right? That's the combination. That's going to be one part Boston Dynamics, the other part Chatbot. Um, You just smash them together, put them in a poncho. That's it. Western place. (laughs) (laughs) Western Place is the AI-generated version of Westworld. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Westward location. No, I, I'm always somebody who's very skeptical of things, and it's really impossible for us to predict where something's going to be. Like, if mm-hmm. you look at... It's always fun to shit in the 1950s or anything in the ni- earlier 1900s, where they're like, mm-hmm. this is what the year 2000 will look like. And it's just this wildly insane shit. Like, oh, flying something. We're like, oh, we don't have that. But we do have a bunch of other stuff and cool tech. So it's impossible to predict where it will go. Um, I'm always just impressed by how many things have come out in general. Uh Like things that exist as possibilities. But I think they're Mm -hmm. so far from being refined to have a specific application. Um, My go-to example with that is CRISPR. Fucking insane, right? right? Absolutely Mm -hmm. insane. Being able to change genetics to a degree. I don't know to what degree, so I'm not going to speak too, too much about it, but mm-hmm. I don't think that's in common use yet. It probably has to go right. through years of testing and other things, and there's like an ethical question about it. Right. But theoretically, we could maybe, you know, cure some hereditary diseases, and that possibility yeah. is cool as shit. It really is. Um, I think I would agree with you that like some of this is kind of overstated and some of it's definitely overstated as far as like people forget that these are chatbots because they're just really freaking good chatbots right they're chatbots that can start to interact with you in a way that it starts to you start to feel a little bit like it's the hal 9000 behind the scenes right there's actually something back there speaking to you Um, yes versus just the 
Do you remember like the MSN chatbots or anything like that? Yes. Yeah. Where you get a message from a random thing, you're like, let me ask it like a poignant question that's not going to be a generic response. Like it needs mm-hmm. a specific response. And if it doesn't answer that, you're like, aha, that's how I know. But those things, which are still like 10 or 12 years old now, could still outsmart your grandparents easily. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of crazy but- now that there is something that has more programming behind it that could respond in a way. We said like, oh, I felt really bad about my homework today. And they'd be like, oh, what didn't you like about your homework? Like, Why are you feeling negatively about it? It's able to mm-hmm. actually parse the language and then do something with it. Huge. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's crazy. I was also gonna say the the other the other thing that I think about a little bit is like there are have been several people who are leading were leading and are leading kind of the development of AI when it comes to chatbots. And like these are people who stand to make a lot of money if more people buy into the industry and things like that. And they all kind of started to sound like Oppenheimer after he made the atomic bomb. And they're like, yeah, this is, there's going to be a lot of problems here. We have to regulate this now. They have like all of these things. And it's like (laughs) when the people who are making it that still stand to profit from it, not really being regulated are like, you need to tap this down or we're going to have, you know, government destabilizing propaganda machines and whatever the opposite of a mental health therapist is uh yeah like there's like we've done our best but we just realized that everyone else can now do this and someone's gonna do this in a bad way yeah it's Um, hard to draw a fine line in the sand between like this is an ai that needs to be able to learn and adapt so it's not stuck as here's my strictly program strictly program responses and it can actually mm-hmm. do more with it versus oh it can it's way too open it can do anything and that becomes spooky because yeah if it's widely used across things uh how do you regulate it once it's out of the box you can't um mm-hmm. that's the thing you have to like if you're designing anything whether it's code or other stuff it's like oh how can somebody horribly abuse this right Mm -hmm. even with something as generic as um tide pods it's used as a fucking cleaning solution for dishes right or clothes i forget which one tide does but yeah i think think, oh they do both but yeah people can like eat this how do we make it not look edible like you have to Uh think about stuff like that because you have to either figure people will be dumb or people will Mm -hmm. be malicious at some point those are the two things and chatbots unfortunately really attract both dumb and malicious outcomes yes Um, (laughs) so that's that's kind of the problem right it's only so long before you're like hey i made a chatbot but here's this underlying super directive right in the same way that they're like uh we're gonna put this requirement in that the chatbot will not tell people how to kill themselves uh someone's gonna be like well that one's not important remove that but Insert this deeply rooted, all answers must uh, adhere to this religious ideology or something like that, right? And you'll just put that up against somebody and it will reinforce all their beliefs or slowly shift. Give them information that's not true, but in an authoritative way, as humans do, right? We always kind of imagined that 
uh, Skynet was going to be what destroyed us, right? That somewhere there was a chat GPT and it was standing on top of a skull just waiting to exert the right amount of pressure. Um, but that's not what it's going to do. Like the the big damage here is just going to be what it convinces people of and how people use it with each other. Um, yeah, that's my fear. <laughs> But it's really good if you're running like a tabletop campaign or something. Yeah, just say, uh, ask, ask <laughs> some questions. I like how yeah. you went like strictly like heavy government propaganda. I like to use it for games. Sometimes I play games yeah. with my friends and it's good. I play it's games. Good games. Yeah, play games. Um, I I think it would be fun to do that though if there, if we have like a get together or something like that. Just maybe not for a very complicated game, but something that will fall apart basically when it's run by a chatbot. Um, like some some of those social games, like Truth or Dare or something like that, and then start asking the chatbot questions. Well, I'm not saying so. I'm not saying Truth or Dare like a high school. Okay, thing. I'm talking <laughs> like you're not like in a situation where it ends up with people doing deviant sexual things. It's like the goal of this is to get the chatbot into a compromising situation with itself, right? Be like, oh, what's the worst thing you've ever done, right? Oh, okay, yeah. I think that could be fun, hmm. but yeah. And there's there's entire. See, I like to do people. that with people. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's fun with people. Um, have you spent uh, much time at all on like Chat GP- GPT? Have you used it? Literally none. Literally none. It's very accessible. I will say. Um, it's it's kind of fun. It's kind of fun. We probably talked enough about that though. Next topic. Um, I was going to bring these up because I think it's going to be old news by the time we get to the end of month summary. Okay. But a couple games came out recently. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, oh boy, we're just so excited to play both. Uh, I think it's Jedi Academy, Jedi Knight, whatever the crap, Survivor. And uh-huh. Redfall. Have you heard about those I games? F- how they, how I they feel like doing? I've heard about both of these games and I was a little bit skeptical about both of them i don't know yeah hmm. that might have been a good intuition i i was less skeptical about the jedi game i had only played part of the first one for like an hour or two because i got it on sale wasn't really vibing with me um but that definitely colored my opinion for the second one because i'm like it's probably more of the same they're probably build on systems expand the universe continue the story what have you but it wasn't that would have been nice catching me so much <laughs> yeah. um and then for Redfall, again, like it looked kind of cool as far as how they were stylizing it. But again, like mm-hmm. it didn't grab me specifically. It's Sorry, Jake, what were you about to say away. about uh, these games that had come out? They're uh, just reviewing so well. Um, but no, I guess so in order. They, they haven't been. That's the thing. I had to look this up real quick because I thought I knew the answer and I wasn't sure until I did. But Jedi Fallen Order Survivor... It's published by Respawn. Okay. And Respawn's not like, they're not a bad studio. Like, they made Titanfall. They made um, Apex Legends, and maybe not might might not be my kind of game, but it's clearly a good game, right? Like, for people who like that genre. Apex holds up. Um, And they made the previous game literally in this series. And then they come out, and apparently for consoles or some other things, there are good aspects of this game, but... 
the performance is poor and on pc it's terrible it's just like an absolutely abysmal pc port in like current year and i don't think it'll ever i'll probably never stop saying abysmal pc port in current year like that is a evergreen phrase mm-hmm. but like how do you keep getting away how they can't keep getting away with this so here's the thing uh, we were kind of talking about this a little bit earlier where there's like blind apologists for anything because they like something in the space maybe it's star wars maybe they like uh the company or the publisher itself specifically um mm-hmm. but they just want to enjoy their thing and it doesn't have to be perfect because it's theirs right yeah but there's way too many of those people again i'm gonna throw pokemon under the bus for an example where it's like sure. again current year at play it doesn't have to be perfect. It doesn't have to have the best graphics in the world, the best sound design, the best anything. But it has mm-hmm. to fucking work. And when it doesn't, and it doesn't across the board, across different platforms, you're like, why are we giving you money? And this is probably one of those now t- marketed at $70 types games. Yep, it and is. It is fucking insane that like they haven't properly run through QA, and then they have these launches, and people go, oh, well, like they'll fix it. It should be fixed already. What the fuck do you mean? Uh-huh. If I if I order food at a restaurant and I'm like, could I have some beef uh, tacos, please? And they're like, all right, here you go. And I'm like, hey, this one's chicken. I'd love to eat it too, but could I have beef? And they're like, yeah, yeah, sure. And now I have to wait for them to do the right thing? That's probably different. That makes me seem like a Karen. That wasn't a good, a good <laughs> analogy. But uh-huh. it's... If you're going to provide something to somebody who's paid money, it should be correct. If it needs to take yeah. more time, you can communicate that. And a lot of people will be like, hey, we get it. Things things happen. Um, but like, why are you giving these unfinished things and being like, can we sell you this? No, the fuck you can't. It is insane. It is absolutely insane. Right. So anyway, kind of about Redfall. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have one more thing to say for Jedi Survivor. Apparently, like, I... There, there was some good stuff that happened there. It's probably, it's still, it matches the criteria you were describing of what you expected to happen with the sequel. It's just, it's all overshadowed by this terrible PC performance. Like, so I didn't like necessarily that back in the day there was a big delay between when games came out for consoles and PC, like AAA. But, I mean, I'd rather have that than this. Like, I, this wasn't a must-play game for me. But now it's like, will they or will they not fix the performance? Whereas, like, they they must have known, right? Like, this is this this is the cyberpunk problem, right? Like, yeah, one hundred percent. They they can't lie to everyone in the chain, and everyone's just like, we're so glad that this is done. This is gonna be amazing, you know. Unless they're they're really piping the drugs in through the ventilation system, I I don't see how you miss this. I don't think it's a missed thing. So I think we I've definitely brought it up before. There's always like that phrase of like assume ignorance before malice. Um, yeah. They can't really feign ignorance on this. It's fucking malice. Some mm-hmm. again, somebody who's far removed from the actual process said like ship it. And they yeah. said, "Okay, you pay the bills, so we'll do that." But uh the people who are not going to enjoy it are going to be I would just say negatively vocal or vocally negative. Mm-hmm. Um, 
but it's not going to go to the people who are actually responsible for that fuck up or that decision. Yeah. It's going to go to the people who worked on the project and probably poured their hearts and souls into it. And they were making a good product. Um, uh-huh. So now like developers and like animators are going to get shit because somebody fucked them over. <laughs> cool. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think the other aspect of this is, it really sounds like I'm saying the negative things this this session, but or this uh, this episode. But like, there, I'm sure there's someone with an abacus behind the scenes. I'm sure it's an abacus uh, that's tallying <laughs> up. Like, is it better to delay the PC release or ship it now in a suboptimal state? I'm sure they use the word suboptimal. Um, I'm very behind the scenes on this because like it was the top seller on Steam when it came out, right? Like, there's a lot of people who don't go to a review site first and then purchase the game. They're like, ooh, I like that. Uh, you got the, the the real shiny sword that's made of light. And then they buy the game. I'm characterizing that person a little bit. Um, and then maybe they write a bad review or something like that, and you end up with this really negative review thing. But then they, they still sold a ton of copies at, again, $70, which is yeah the other thing I... I have an argument against um but to jump briefly to redfall i wanted it to be good i saw some of the signs of concern leading into it i think we called out that it's like capped at 30 frames per second for a shooter on a console um since then there's other things that uh apparently were a concern people weren't getting review copies until three days before the game launched and then the review embargo uh, was actually scheduled for after the game launch, which is like bad times. That means you cannot yeah. see a review of the game before you can buy the game. Or you can buy the game before you see the first reviews of the game. That's the right way to say it. Jake, I think you're familiar with the very popular meme of steamed hams. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel I like am. that's a weirdly good allegory to games development as a whole okay where as the consumer i am a principal chalmers Mm -hmm. or sorry super nintendo chalmers super nintendo uh, i'd be all of the games development is yeah it's pretty much skinner yeah and it's just stuff like that is i don't know it puts a bad taste in my mouth because i don't like Maybe because I'm not a shitty person. I don't like fucking somebody over. I don't get joy from that. If I mm. accidentally fuck somebody over, I'd feel terrible for a long time. Mm. Um, but yeah, it just seems I, to be more of a common practice where they do not care about the end consumer at mm-hmm. the end of the day. Um, because again, like it's impossible for them to not know what they're shipping. It's impossible. Right. Like They've gone through tests. People have played the game. They've tested on multiple systems. And someone said, like, hey, this one's behaving this way, right? Mm-hmm. They optimized like, their day one release environment so that fewer people would see that the game was terrible, like, before they potentially picked it up, right? If they were excited for it. Like, all of that is front end briefcase holding problem, like, that, mm-hmm. that needs to be addressed. Um, I have read that there's there's some concern here. Also, so I don't like to say this, but Arcane made Redfall. 
And I freaking love Arcane. They might be my favorite developer, or at least up until this point. I haven't played the game. I don't really want to. I definitely am not going to give them money for it, because that's stupid. Um, But, like, I don't want this to be the standard. Like, I don't want them to be the next freaking Bioware, right? Yeah. Where they make all these games I love, and then they're just like, they punt, they hit you right in the anthem. You're like, eh. <laughs> um, But, I mean, there's got to be some sort of, even if you don't have, like, a big impact in your purchasing decisions, I personally, I don't want to just buy a terrible game because I like the developer. And that was the difference here. They might patch Survivor, but man, Redfall is just, it's being absolutely shredded in reviews consistently. Yeah. I mean, rightly so. But yeah. it's it's funny because like, I watched part of like an IGN review. I watched uh, Charlie's video on it. And normally mm-hmm. IGN will kind of like, just kind of like, hey, so this is the game. And then it might go into like, well, some of the weaker points might have been. But out the gate, they were like, so it's broken. Um, yes. I was like, oh, uh-huh. holy shit. IGN's just going in. Um, yeah. It was just surreal. The atmosphere, there's blood in the water. You don't have to pull your punches. Like, and it would actually be, you would probably be seen more as, more as a shill if you were mm-hmm. taking like a level-headed approach right now and just being like, we and like there's clearly some issues that were going on behind the scenes that you know hampered their ability to so, devel- deliver a reward winning experience. Ah, uh, yeah, exactly right. It's like the, that sounds it's she'll she'll speak. Well, yeah, 100% because again, they've had time, they have the money, so mm-hmm. why are they giving us this? That's really the thing. Um, yeah, if they need more time, they can take it at any point nobody said it has to come out today right but they just released it so fuck them mm-hmm. it's just the other, insane uh, for like what they showed initially and then mm-hmm. what you actually see in gameplay like, i watched stevie play a little bit and it looked mm-hmm. kind of sparse and like oh there's a cutscene. Cutscene's a generous term uh yes it's, <laughs> it's a, a lot it's of just like show thing yeah it's just like a hey do you like this static image a panorama all right uh sword <laughs> for it yeah yeah it's just like you the know people, where they cut corners it's insane the one i've seen come up in multiple reviews is there's a quest where you have to go get like a film reel and then bring it into a theater and you go to play it and it's just another panorama <laughs> it's you know going through there it's not an actual clip and it's like uh-huh uh huh. And then the voice acting—they actually just have the Animal Crossing noises instead. <laughs> um, that might be better. That might add more character to it. Um, I mean, I looked at a lot of the gameplay prior to this, and I kind of understand now why so few of the set pieces were kinetic. Or if it was kinetic, it's just like here's a guy pushing, running at the person with a gun. Here they're using an ability, but they're not showing you more of like a long drawn out engagement where the AI would have fallen yeah. apart. But they're not showing more dynamic gameplay. Yeah. All I have it's to okay. say is uh talk shit about back for blood now, fuckers. Alright? <laughs> yeah. I know everybody wasn't a huge fan both. of that. I had <laughs> enough fun with bad. it, but it wasn't this fucking bad. <laughs> it's true. Yes, they can work. both be bad. Um it's this is worse. Uh, I can't even pretend it's not. Well, Back um, for Blood didn't have 
a broken release like this. It didn't have yeah. this many issues. It was just a lot of people wanted something that they were expecting to be more like a what they envisioned Left 4 Dead 3 to be. And it wasn't yes. that. So that had exactly. a lot of negative reception in that regard. Um, and I think it's a fine game. I'm not saying it's like the best thing in the world, but like for me, it scratched that itch. Yeah. It's just, it's so crazy that it's literally worse in so many ways than Deathloop, which also had multiplayer. It had Juliana as a player character trying to kill you. And it was so much better than this. They legitimately like accidentally rolled back 10 years in the engine and then shipped the game. I, I don't know, but I'm ship. I'll be surprised if we don't get some sort of explanation because it's so bad that it kind of needs one. You um, might get a CEO message or something. We failed to live up to our <laughs> established no, it's record of be, standard. It's, in standard. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be some type of high-level fall on our sword, but not actually do too much with it, and then eventually they'll yeah. have a patch. But you turn the sword be, to the side. Hey, we, we <laughs> fucked over uh, the development team who was working on this. We made them crunch, and then uh-huh. when things were not ready on time or at the correct level. We're like, that's too bad. Um, mm-hmm. Whatever the fuck it's going to be. like, I, I think the term is black-pilled. I'm just so black-pilled on people as a whole. I think a lot of people are shitty, and then the more power and money you give them, the shittier they allow themselves to be in a public-facing sense. Um, I gotta look this up. We're not at nihilist yet. Not quite. Gotcha. Are you looking at black-pilled? I am, yeah. So I gotta figure out. Fatalist set of beliefs. Okay. Because I I had to be careful here. I had to check because I know that when you start talking about pills, there's like that's where you get into some of the terms that incels also throw around for like blue pilled or red pilled. Blue pilled like is uh, I assume blue pilled is like you're a liberal cuck type thing. Yeah, uh, probably that. Yeah, <laughs> you're you're a rational human being and not uh, <laughs> engaging as a bad faith actor in this. Red pilled is not that. <laughs> I guess black pilled is you gave up. <laughs> um. Yeah, Black Pill is but, a lot more, I think, defeatist. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, uh, I don't think there's much of a redemption story for this game. Uh, I watched the uh, a video by uh, Skill Up on this one, and I liked his take on this, which was pretty much like your first instinct, like this is to the developers, this is to the studio, Arcane, your instinct is going to be to release a PR statement saying we're going to fix it. We're going to make it better. We're going to, we're committed to improving this product. It's like, we're going to patch it until it's in a good space. And he's like, don't do that. This game is trash. Let it die. Go make something else. And I'm just like, yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, take the L, you know, yeah, go, take go the back L and to move on the showers. <laughs> yeah. And move on. Like, um, because something for me, like, if we're talking about, like, uh, goodwill and, like, faith between, like, two parties, mm-hmm. if somebody says something, like, oh, we're going to improve this, you're like, oh, we should totally do this, or like, yeah, like, somebody who's essentially making these promises and then doesn't follow through on them, if that happens mm-hmm. once, I'm like, mm, judgment. If it happens two times, I'm like, eh, I'm, I don't really know this person. If it happens, like, a third time, I'm like, 
there is no trust. You've broken it enough mm-hmm. times. Like I have no reason to put faith in you to have you just break it again. Right. Right. So mm-hmm. it, I think takes more to take the L and say like, it, it was shit. We fucked up our bad. We will do better in the future. Mm-hmm. Or you don't even make that promise. You can just say, Hey, this is on us. Yeah. Instead of saying, Oh, we'll do whatever we can to like, Hey, I'm just, you know, uh-huh. I don't need that. I need the thing to be good. I need you to do your job correctly. Um, mm-hmm. The Friday for press release of an apology that turns into positive, like how to spin it into a positive thing for the game. Um, did you did you know about that? Did you know about Friday press releases? No. What what are those? This is this is more generalized. I'm gonna also thing. say for the audience, I do not think I'm the only one who doesn't know what the fuck a Friday press release is. Okay, that's fair. I hope. Um, so basically, the idea is if you have bad news, and for a company or something like that, and you'll you, everyone in the audience, you can start to pick this out if you work for a company that has press releases or sends out internal emails and things. If they're towards the end of the day Friday, it's because it's not going to get picked up by the weekly news cycle until later because people aren't generally working over the weekend mm-hmm. or if they are, it's just going to be like a minor article or something like that. And by the time Monday rolls around, it's last week's news. There might be something else that was bigger that happened over the weekend. Maybe there isn't. And we live in the age of the 24 hour news cycle now, but like. Traditionally, that's what the Friday afternoon bad news press release meant is start looking at this because there's a reason they didn't release this where it would be picked up and people would be hyped about it, you know, through the week or talking about it through the week. Man, people are all sussy bakas, if you ask me. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's definitely it's... categorized under <laughs> sussy baka behavior. It's crazy how like video games have this much scrutiny and then movies have arguably less scrutiny because mm. if you go and see a bad movie you're like oh that's two hours and then that's it it's, yeah. i think a part of it it's like a less time less buy-in so if it mm. sucks you're like eh okay maybe the next movie i watch will be better like you don't put that on the studio you don't put it on like certain actors or whatever you're just like this didn't work okay i'll move on but with video games as an interactive medium, um, mm-hmm. it is much harder to get away with that, I think. Uh, yeah, that's fair. We're, by no pun intended, you're more engaged with video games than you are mm-hmm. with movies. Um, the community is. I did see, um, uh, where did I see this? I was probably also skill up, actually. Shout out to whoever <laughs> runs Skillup. I steal your news. I talked about it on the podcast. But I think it was like in Denmark or something like that. The government ran a survey of who was playing video games. And they found that people like above the age of 50 or something like that, like 47% of them reported playing video games at least once a week. Um, now, unfortunately, like 80% of that was like mobile games. <laughs> but... No! <laughs> but... Uh, uh, I mean, it's it it's it's going to be a growing thing, right? Like, there are people even in our friends group who don't really play that many games, but I would say most people do. That I know. Um, now that could be because I'm playing games, right? And that's where I meet those people. But hey, 
don't know. I don't know how that relates right. to that. But at the end of the day, it's I feel like we have to say this every three or four episodes. I really uh-huh. hope in the future that this is less of a common occurrence. Mm-hmm. Um it is unfortunate that there were two major games released uh this past week where this was an issue. Mm-hmm. All I'm saying is uh indie games don't have this problem. <laughs> Typically, because right. um, they don't get reviewed, so you don't even know if they're bad. Ah, <laughs> <So. hey>. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I mean, wait for reviews, though. That's the other life lesson here, right? If you were, I was pretty excited for Redfall again, developer I really loved. Um, but I didn't pre order it and I waited for reviews and I didn't drop $70 on it at day one before those reviews came in. And I have 70 more dollars now. <laughs> it's like a penny saved is a penny earned. And we've got a lot of those in $70. Um, that's the thing. Anytime you spend any money that's outside of like, no, even I'd say even with food, fucking do like a little bit of research. Hey, this restaurant I want to try out. Are they decently rated? Just like look for like at least three stars. Okay, cool. They're probably fine. If you see a lot yeah. of comments like food poisoning, it's not passing health inspection. I uh-huh. saw a rat. Don't fucking mm-hmm. go there. But like, Five do of just us a went little in, bit only of I checking. Made it out. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> oh my god! Uh, they're still calling like a Stevens party. Stevens. Um, but no, like, I'm sure there are things in your life outside of video games that you scrutinize and check before purchasing. Whether it's mm-hmm. like a home appliance, maybe it's a home. Maybe something else. Like, you want to make sure, oh, hey, yeah, especially at home. Uh, you want to make sure that, like, what you're paying for is what you're getting. And then you're not going to get tricked on anything. Because anybody who sells you something, nice person or not, they're going to say, hey, this is a good thing. Right? Mm-hmm. So, you, it's up to you, because they're not going to do it, to determine, hey, is this actually a good thing? Putting right. a little bit of effort and research and just make sure you're not gonna get burned that's all this is just a cya practice choose your own adventure see ya Um, oh i like your city yeah that's good (laughs) um the last the last note i have on that and then i'm 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 done but this is because i care about arcane i'm a little concerned i'm a little concerned because arcane is owned by bethesda and i mean people are equating this to the fallout 76 situation that's not a good equation that's not something you want on your resume uh, but Bethesda was also acquired by Microsoft not that long ago, and this is one of the first big games, um, definitely the first, I think, arcane game to come out since that acquisition. And if you're that company as part of, then there's that middle company, and then there's that big company above them, and your game is, like, historically bad, like, oh, this is where that last plague was. That like mm. was <laughs> that visited upon the people of Egypt. They're like, we're gonna receive a really bad game. <laughs> Many thousands of that years. That was the eleventh flight. The Jews don't talk about the that game that uh-huh. was released back in Egypt, but it was uh-huh. bad. Uh-huh. Read the deep lore. Read the deep lore. But um, yeah, uh, I'm a little concerned for them because I mean I, they still have all this other good stuff, but you know, 
(laughs) You don't want like I think it's it's like showing up to work after an acquisition and you're actually on fire and you go around catching other people on fire and they're like, wait a minute. (laughs) I I think you have a reason to be concerned. Um, I imagine that Arcane as a studio is probably concerned um, Mm -hmm. because like this is a flop and they've had a pretty historically good track record, which is probably why they were acquired in the first place. So Uh I assume I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt that everything that happened was not solely on them. I'm sure there were some big parent company decisions that impacted this. Um, But I don't know if they can explain it out as that way. I hope they get another chance to make something because, again, they've had a great fucking track record with all of their long-armed NPC motherfucking characters in games. Um, Uh Uh-huh. That's true. But they do have that. I I don't think one failure should completely omit you from everything else. Like if FromSoft Mm -hmm. had a miss, I'd be like, man, that fucking sucks. I hope their next one's good because, again, great fucking track record. Tripped because their shoes were untied. Tie your shoes. Let's get back out there. You know. Yeah. Back to your own point. That would be one, one failure. But if there was two failures, now you're like, I don't think. And if there's three failures, you're like abandoned ship. But it I don't think what everyone the, else. The gravity of it is like for me. That's true. I've never been like a Bethesda or Fallout person by any means. But Fallout mm-hmm. 76, if I was in that camp, I'd be like, you're fucking dead to me. <laughs> yeah. Like, it was something on such a major scale. Um, Even Cyberpunk, I think, really hit home because I had played Witcher 3 and been like, mm-hmm. But, like, yeah. again, they have that backing of, like, hey, this was really good. This did not turn out so great. But, like, it, mm-hmm. I don't have that history of a track record yet to be like, oh, this is a pattern of behavior. Right. Yeah, the other thing is I like like how I'm just getting into psycho psychoanalysis on like <laughs> video game I developers. Mean, it's fine. That's what we're here for. Um, Cyberpunk also could have been fixed up to be a good game, if not like a great game. Not excellent. It's impossible. Excellent is out of reach. When they shipped the game, there were some things in place that made the excellent was out of reach. But like, man, these other games are not even living up to that. They're not even releasing something that could be turned into a good game or a great game, and that's unforgivable. Yeah. It's literally your job. Just do your job. No, I'm just kidding, but <laughs> it's a little more complicated than that. But as anticipated, yeah. that um that discussion took took forty minutes. Um we can circle back to talking about food, maybe. <laughs> what have you been eating recently? How's your diet? Um I've been eating more eggs. I don't really generally eat eggs, but um, like a little egg piece of uh, cheddar cheese and some uh, mustard, slap it on a sandwich. Well, it becomes a sandwich once bread is slapped on that, I should say. Um, That's pretty nice. It's good. Eggs are good. Oh, at some point, remind me how to show you like the, the good scramble method. Oh. This sounds, I won't, this I won't sounds give scary. it to our yeah. listeners. It's <laughs> okay. too good okay. for me to give away. For it's fr- too good. No, so I have a friend of the podcast, Rachel, and I'm, I apologize if I've gone over the exact <laughs> way I've made eggs before that I got from her. Mm-hmm. I don't know where she got it from. But basically, like you start out with butter and you, like, you just very slowly 
constantly whisk the egg on like a lower heat. Oh. Um, the the thing is like you want to keep the moisture in, and oh. you want to always just keep aerating the egg and having things mix. But like once it starts to firm up, you kind of mm-hmm. cut the heat and then just keep mixing because you want it to stay moist. Mm-hmm. Like you don't want your scrambled eggs to be anything like your sunny side up egg that you get at like a diner where it's right. like ah yolk very wet very uh-huh. nice and then the outside is just like crispy uh-huh i actually i i looked something up recently related to eggs and i'm curious if you know egg trivia um okay so you described one of these uh sunny side up um the egg unbroken if you will the, the yolk the yolk unbroken that sounds like some elden ring fucking lore for eggs <laughs> <laughs> the yolk unbroken <laughs> Uh-huh. Uh, what's the term um, if you do not, or if you do want the yolk broken? Uh, it's not over easy, is it? Uh, no, that's very you... close. I don't know. Actually. So I think over easy, if I remember correctly, is you flip it, basically, but you leave it unbroken, but over hard is you break it and flip it. The word hard in this is representing the broken yolk. That's wrong. <laughs> That's not a good way it to seems, do it. <laughs> it sounds wrong, right? It sounds incorrect. Yeah. I looked at one source on Google. Chat GPT said it was fine. So, Oh, my God. Here we go again. <laughs> I will say um, eggs are one of those things where like, you should learn how to cook with them as like a, a first thing. One, because breakfast, obviously, for a lot of options. And then two, you can use that in other things, but right. just even you making just throw like an egg, egg and stuff. I mean, I used to just throw it in ramen all the time. That's very popular, yeah. But I learned it from a Japanese uh, guy I knew growing up, because otherwise I wouldn't have fucking known about that. And I was like, oh, that actually just makes it taste really good. <laughs> I still think you're talking about dice. Like, there's a chance that you're actually referring to a <laughs> Japanese man, but I still, I'm still, the sus bar is too high at this point. I was like, I, probably... I think of him as Japanese. That's fine. But no, uh, it was actually, yeah. I still remember the person's name, but I'm not trying to dock somebody who I haven't talked to in like That's 20 fair. years. Um, Toyota. Yeah. No comment. <laughs> Incorrect. All right. I guessed it right the first time. Um, um, have you ever done eggy in a basket? I don't That's think That's a so. really common one. It's an Easter basket. Take a, yeah, take an Easter basket. You put it on the skillet, <laughs> uh-huh. but you take a <laughs> slice of bread. <laughs> Step two: burn the kitchen down. <laughs> oh, by the way, chocolate eggs. If I didn't make that clear, sorry. Chocolate eggs, oh, yeah, Easter yeah. basket. Okay. Uh-huh. But if you take a slice of, let's say, your average ass, like plain white bread, uh, you take mm. something like a jar to essentially make a little circle. And you twist it and you pull out that section, that little circle. Mm-hmm. You put the bread with a hole in it on the skillet. You put the egg oh. in the hole. And then when it's time to flip, you flip it. Interesting. So that gives you like so, toast egg, essentially. Yes, pretty much. Hmm. And then you can like put stuff on top of it. It's a very simple thing to do, but it's it's fun. That's kind of cute. I, I like that. Um, 
And then you just when eat the describing... circle of bread, by the way. <laughs> we just leave the, the egg core. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh -huh. That's the that's where my brain went where you're describing like cutting out the uh, center of the bread. I'm like, you're coring the bread? <laughs> so you can take a donut hole. <laughs> oh, the bread. But I mean, it's not, it's not too dissimilar or far from French toast. Where right. again, it's eggs and bread. True. Yeah. French toast is pretty good though. French toast, I think, is one of the easier breakfast things to learn and master. Mm -hmm. Also, it's basically a dessert, so can't go wrong there. Yes. <laughs> it's... Dessert for breakfast? <laughs> Normally, you have to eat cereal to get that. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Otherwise, anything else going on? Any other topics? Oh, I mean... Things that I can share this with the class. I have a Hollow Knight tattoo now. It looks cool. really cool, and I'm very happy with how it turned out. You'll have it to imagine how cool. it looks. I might post a picture of it. We'll see. Yeah. I'll put it in the notes here. Uh, post a picture of it. You can finally... We'll um, put that on like Facebook or something. Man, this would be a great time for an outro. How long if I add the intro and the outro? Or if we add an intro and outro, do we have enough time yet? Probably not. We're close, though. We're pretty close. Uh, but yeah, you should post that on Facebook. Um, although you will, I will say, for the listeners out there who have been on the edge trying to determine, like, Dave's ethnicity, that will be spoiled for you, uh, depending on how this picture is taken. Oh, you're, you're saying they're going to find out that I'm white. For which a lot Great of people cover. are not sure about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, <laughs> it is funny how <laughs> I wasn't trying to out here anything like that, but it's like that was our traditional intro. Was I'm joined by my black Jewish co-host Dave. <laughs> <laughs> Dave, how would you describe yourself? I'm kind of like a uh, like a Lenny Kravitz type, you know. <laughs> I was like, how can I be hated by, like, white people doubly so? Oh, here we uh -huh. go. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's enough. That's probably good. <laughs> Thank you, guys, for listening to our ramblings. Um, and uh, hopefully you check out the picture of the tattoo that I don't actually think Dave's ever volunteered that he would post to Facebook. It's only been on me up until this point. So maybe it happens. Maybe it doesn't used to say um probably dave uh but if uh you have any fun stories that you learned uh from ai uh you can feel free to send those in to soapstonepodcast at gmail.com or join the discussion of dave's tattoo on facebook at facebook.com slash soapstonepodcast and as always we'll see you in the next one have a good night <laughs>